Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Shall we pray? Father, we ask for the spirit of wisdom and understanding in your word. I take authority and I destroy every hindrance to your word today in the name of Jesus. Speak to us and let us not go back home the same. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, okay. The title of my message for this month is More Than Money. More Than Money. Isaiah 55, verse 1. He said, Ho, everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Amen. Amen. So the question is, what is money? What is money? The dictionary defines money as the medium of exchange. Money is a medium of exchange that enables you to obtain what you need. So when you have money, you can get everything you need, if only you can pay for it. Economists also define money as the unit of account that is socially accepted as a standard unit for pricing and purchasing. So money is that which enables you to get the things you need in the marketplace at a fee. So everything you need is available somewhere, but you have to be able to pay for it. That which enables you to pay and get your needs supplied to you is what is defined as money. If you look at this definition in its true um, detail, you see that money is not necessarily Physical cash. Physical cash is only one of the means of evaluating money, but money is not all physical cash. Money is not also a currency. The Bible defines it as what? A medium. Everybody say medium. Okay. So you may not have physical cash in your hands, but you can still buy. Is it possible? Is it possible today? So money is not physical cash, it's not currency. What money really is, is value. Value. Everybody say value. Money is value. What is value? Value simply means purchasing power, your ability to purchase. It means worth, the worth of a thing. It means the cost. So when we, when we look at the history of money, Trading started with, with a system that was called bartering. Bartering means that um, you go to the market with your shoe and you need a shirt and you go look for somebody who has a shirt, who needs a shoe, then you exchange. That is how trading started in the olden days. There was a time when trading happened actually without any physical currency or physical cash. So what is the determining factor? It's value. If somebody actually needs a shirt, he places value on it because the need defines your value. 
So if somebody needs a shirt, he'll go around the market looking for somebody carrying a shirt. And he said, okay, I need this shirt, but I have a shoe. Do you need a shoe? If the person doesn't need a shoe, it means he has no value for it. It's of no benefit to him. And so there was a time when value was uh, determining the market by a system called a battering system. Then some civilizations began to put value on animal skins. If you study the history of money, animals that are, are very powerful, their skins were, were worth more money than animals that were very common. <laughs> so very rich people had animal skins of lions because lions were very powerful. They represented strength and courage, and it's not easy to catch a lion. Not every hunter can kill a lion, so if you have one lion skin in a home, it's, it, it was worth a lot. Then, I mean, uh, a lot of other means of value came, like there was a time money was valued with cowries because uh, that was a very precious commodity at that time. Then other items like bronze, silver, and then gold. At the time Bible was being written, money was valued in silver and gold, bronze, silver, and gold. And then there, some civilization began to invent money coins. They use gold, so if you have gold, a lot of gold coins, that's a lot of money, like even today. And then silver coins and bronze coins and, and, and all that. But then robberies began, raiding began, people bega became in, you know, insecure about their riches. And so people who were very powerful, who, who had a lot of weapons, who can protect properties, developed a banking system. So they hired a lot of armed men who were very strong and powerful, and people could bring their riches to that place for protection. So banking came about to solve a problem of robberies and raiding. And the problem with banking was that in those days, people who were very rich were funny, they were carrying large, huge sums of gold coins to the bank. Gold coins also became problematic. So people who had banks at that time decided to begin to create what they called paper credits. So they will summarize all your, your wealth in the bank in a written form with a seal on it that you can take to places and buy with it. So when you look at this, you see that money has gone through a lot of historical changes. And even now, Money is still going through a lot of changes. For instance, paper currencies started in the 16th century. As at 1960s, America was still not using any currency. America started using paper currencies in 1970. And that is how paper currencies came into existence that we have today. That when you take your wallet or your purse or your envelope or your socks, wherever you keep your money, you have paper currencies. That paper currency is a representation of the value that you have in terms of wealth. But today, 
you and I have come to meet a new system of purchasing that we call virtual currency. Virtual currency. When I say virtual currencies, it means that you can go to a shop and buy things today without paying physical cash. Is that possible? Yes, we can buy. There are two or three ways that you can do that. You can take your phone and say, I want to pay with Momo. Some numbers get pressed here and there, here and there, and then finally sent. And then the other person who is selling the product to you will look at his phone and say, okay, the money has come. Was there any physical transfer of cash? No. But value has been what? Transferred. Yeah. So we have virtual currencies. People, I mean, most of the time when you go to the shopping mall, you can just use your debit card, either a Visa card or um, any of the cards, and buy many things. And with just a POS machine, you get your things bought, and then you go. Even now, filling stations are using POS machines. And very soon, the local kinky seller will have a POS machine. And the watch seller too, hallelujah. We'll have POS machines, so you buy a watch and you, you swipe. And so I think that a time is coming when paper cash is going to be used only by very rural communities. Very rural communities. A time is coming. Probably in the next 10 years, most people won't really use fiscal cash. Another common practice now is that most banks have bank apps that you can put on your phone and do all your transactions on your phone, transfer money from your account to another account, and another account to your account, and from your bank account to your mobile money account, from your mobile money account to anywhere you are buying. So money is really evolving and we need to take notice of that. And then beyond uh, virtual currencies, now we, have, we even have digital currency, which is emerging in developed countries, and it will soon take over the world, I guess. Digital currency, an example of digital currency is bit, the Bitcoin. So money actually is not paper cash. It's not currency, it's not the paper you have in your wallet that is not money. That is just one of the ways by which money is what? Valued. I remember when I was in primary school, I think um, when President Rawlings took over during the revolution time, they changed currencies. Wow. And then you have a lot of money. You know, I was young, so I didn't have any money. You know, you see a lot of adults who have monies. They had to rush and go and Deposited at the bank because there was a deadline. Beyond that deadline, that money, it had no value. It was still very nice, good-looking cash, but it couldn't buy anything in the market. So all the money you have right now in your house, in your drawer, under your pillow, uh, where else? All the places you hide your money. <laughs> if government decides today that the city has been changed, I think even in 2000, and six, there was a change from the old city to the Ghana city. So the money you have has value as long as the market in Ghana respects it. So the problem is that you need to understand what money is so you can relate with it well. Three years ago, 
the Lord spoke to me to write a book on wealth creation, which I'm doing seriously. Part of it I taught last year, Principles of Wealth Creation, is on my podcast, and I encourage everybody who wasn't here to try and listen to that teaching. Even those of you who were here, you've forgotten a lot of things I taught. And in my study on money and all that the Bible has said about money, I came to realize that many Christians really do not understand what the Bible teaches about the subject of money. And so the ability to relate with money is problematic. And money is so important that if you are not able to relate with it well, it creates problems for your relationship with God. And then it creates problems for your relationship with people. And today, one of the commonest causes of problems in human relationship around the world is money. It's so powerful, it controls people. And so that is how our opening scripture is very, very interesting. Because in our worldly system today, you cannot buy if you don't have money. If you don't have physical cash in your pocket, you don't have any money in your Momo account, you don't have any money in your bank account, you cannot buy. So there are people today, you meet them, they don't have physical cash, but they are, their Momo account is loaded. And so you may pity them, but they are not worried at all. They can go anywhere and buy, except a place where they don't receive Momo. But this scripture is saying that even if you don't have money in your pocket, money in the house, money in your bank account, money in your Momo account, you don't have any money, whether physical cash or virtual one, you don't have any money, you can still buy. That's the Bible. Take it or leave it. You can buy. He said, buy without money and without price. And that raises a serious question. That now, if the Bible is saying people who don't have money, he said, and you have no money, come and buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. I like verse 2. Let's look at verse 2. He said, why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, this scripture is saying that many people work because of money only. They toil, they work, they sweat every day. Just because of money. And the Bible says, when they toil and they sweat and they work for money, it does not satisfy. It does not satisfy. But he said, you can, you can come to the place. when He said, listen carefully. That means God can teach you how you can be satisfied in life. He said, listen to me carefully and eat what is good. This scripture is saying money that is, doesn't satisfy, but there is still true satisfaction in life. There is true satisfaction in life. And then he said, and eat what is good and let your soul begin to delight itself in something else other than money. Come to the place where your passion in life, what drives you is not money, but something else. 
Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Many people are stuck with a money spiral. Many people are stuck. Their whole life is controlled by money. Decisions controlled by money. Who they love is controlled by money. Who they spend time with is controlled by money. Where they go is determined by money. What they do is determined by money. Even when they will laugh, it's money that might decide. If they, are, they will cry, it's money that will decide. Money regulates your life. He said, he said, listen to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. What is abundance? Abundance is a mentality that I have enough. That means you can come to the place when you begin to live with an abundance mentality. That is when money doesn't control you anymore. Amen. And the truth is, Everybody that is controlled by money cannot be trusted. Until you can trust somebody with money, that person is not trustworthy. Anybody who loves you because of money is, is not your spouse. But the day your money is gone, she will leave you. Did I say she? He will leave you. That is why even God, he doesn't want you to serve him because of money. That's why people come to church until God bless them and you don't see them no more. Why? Because they came to church because of money. That's why people hang around you and behave. You know, Dr. Otabel said, you can't trust poor people because when they don't have money, they are so respectful and humble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you marry a poor person, you don't know the person. You know people when they have money. When people are rich and humble, that is a really humble person. Money is not physical cash. It's what? Money is what? Value. Turn to them and tell him, money is value. One more time, tell him what money is value. He said, let your soul delight itself in abundance. That is where you come where your decisions are not determined by money. Your decisions, your life is not controlled by money. And yet you still get it, a lot of it. You have it more than enough. And yet it doesn't rule your life. It doesn't control your life. It doesn't move you. Luke chapter 16 Verse 10 and 11. Luke chapter 16, verse 10, 10 and 11. Now, I am driving at a point. I want you to listen to me. If Isaiah 55, verse 1 says, if, even if you don't have money, come and buy. Come and buy without money. Then it is suggesting that there is something more than money. When you come close to God, he shows you certain virtues that are more than money. He said, come to me and buy. Yeah, he said, come and buy and eat. When you come close to God, he, he doesn't just want to give you money. He wants to give you something more than money. And this morning, I want to say that there is a lot on earth that is more than money. That's why my message is titled More Than Money. I want to teach you that there are certain important attributes of life that is more than money. And when you have it, you never lack money. Money stays under your control. And you don't remain under the control of money. So the book of Luke chapter 16, verse 10, he said, he who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Most of you know Luke chapter 16. I've preached a lot about it. Verse 11, he said, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, 
Who will commit to your trust the true riches? Every good student of the Bible who is in this church, you know the meaning of the word mammon. The word mammon is an Aramaic language. The Bible is written in two major languages, but actually three. The first one is what? Hebrew. Second is Greek. The third is Aramaic. The Aramaic language is actually the Babylonian language. Now, Aramaic language came to Israel because when Nebuchadnezzar captured the Jews and they returned, those of you read the Bible challenge. That's why reading the Bible is important. The Jews returned from Babylon under the leadership of Zerubbabel and Ezra and uh, later Nehemiah also came to help. When they returned, most of them had learned the Babylonian language. So the Jews were speaking that language even in Israel. And that is how the Aramaic language came to, to Israel. I mean, are you with me up to now? Now, the, the Aramaic word for money is mammon. Hello? So the word mammon is not a spirit. I've heard some preachers say mammon is the spirit. Spirit of mammon, please. It's not a spirit. When pastors are ignorant, they spiritualize everything. It's not a spirit. It's a word. The word mammon means what? Money. Jesus was teaching and he said, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Jesus, by this teaching, is saying that until you can be trusted with money, you cannot go beyond it. Jesus is saying, when you become a trustworthy person concerning the matters of money, God will give you more than money. He called it the true riches. That means money is not the true riches. That's why you, in your lifetime, you always meet people who had money, but now they are poor. Oh, yes. Probably your parents were like that. In your lifetime, you will always meet people who used to have money, but now they are poor. And there are people you meet today, they have money, but I promise you, they will be poor. Because they end there. He said, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous amount, who will commit your trust the true riches? You know, there's a story in the book of Acts that um, is so interesting. In the book of Acts chapter 3, from verse 5, Acts 3, the Bible said, Peter, most of you know this story, Peter and James and John, they were going to the temple to pray, and there was a man at the entrance, and what was his problem? He was crippled from birth. He cannot work to earn money. What was he doing? He begs for money. He begs for money. He begs for money. And everybody that gets to the gate drops him a little coin of money. It drops him a little coin of money. And I believe every day when this man is going to beg, he will pray and say, Lord, today when I go, touch people's hearts to drop me some money. And sometimes when, at the end of the day, when they calculate all that they got, they will say today, oh, it was great. God has really blessed us and we have received. Some days when they do the calculation, at the end of the day, they say, oh, today wasn't good at all. The market wasn't good. People were wicked today. People were wicked, especially that man that passed. Ah, that man is rich, but, you know, because many people think that rich people don't have problems. So when people who have need, they get to a rich person, and the, the rich person couldn't help, they get annoyed. Because poor people's mentality is that it is compulsory that the rich person must help you. 
And so there are people here today, you are angry with people because you think they owe you. And you don't understand that sometimes the rich person that you are going for help, his problem is bigger than yours. But if you are rich, who will you complain to? Uh, who will you go to for help? You can't go to, you stomach it, and you manage it, and you fight your way out of the problem, and then that is why rich people continue to prosper more. Because when they have problems, they don't go around bothering people. They sit down and think through a solution. But the poor person says, oh, but we, we are poor. You know, we, we, everybody must understand that we are unfortunately poor, and so we can keep going around collecting. But God had a greater plan for this man. And this morning I came to tell you, your destiny is not begging. Your destiny is not stretching your hands to people to help you. God has a greater plan for you than begging. Yes, I am not saying poor people should not be helped. We have all been helped before. I have been helped by people. I have been helped... There are people who have fed me when I did not have food to eat. But the problem is, if they were still feeding me today, could I be preaching what I'm preaching to you now? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you deserve to be helped, but that is not a lifetime experience for you. That must not be your lifetime experience. A time must come, especially if you serve God. Once a beggar, always a beggar is a portion of the unbeliever. David said, I have been young. Now I am old. I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his children. Again for bread. Little right hand and say, my children will not beg. Okay, tell me, tell me why your children will not beg. Because you are rich. Because if you are poor, your children will beg. So if the Bible said, the righteous are not forsaken and their children will not beg for bread, it means the righteous is rich. God, the only way your children are exempted from begging is that you become what? Become rich. One other reason why I don't encourage begging is that your children learn from you. Your children learn from you. So if that's all you want to do the rest of your life, your children learn it and they will repeat it. And it becomes a cycle. Say say from today, today, I stop every begging. Every every habit of begging. Every Every lifestyle of dependency. dependency. I destroy it. And I stop it in my life. In in Jesus' name. Let the right hand and say, from today, I declare I have more than enough. I am blessed and highly favored. God is my source. God is my provider. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, think about this. God has decided that this man's life of begging must stop. I'm yet to see anybody who became very rich and wealthy through begging. I don't think we will find any. If we conduct a research, we will not find any. How many believe God wants you to be very rich and prosperous? The number one step, the first step, stop begging. Because begging will never lead you to riches and wealth. It's a difficult decision, but it's the best decision. Yeah. Say from today. Nobody owes me anything. I will not blame anybody anybody for my situation. situation. I take responsibility responsibility for my destiny. destiny. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. I will not be angry with anybody. anybody. 
who refused to help me. God is my helper. <laughs> the Bible said God had a different plan for this man. And this month, I pray that God will move in somebody's life. Amen. I pray that God will do a work in somebody's life. Amen. I pray that God will surprise somebody. God will give somebody a visitation. God will give somebody a miracle. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. This man woke up, prayed as usual, Lord, today let the market be good. Touch people, touch people's hearts. Little did he know, God had a surprise in the past. This man had no clue that day. His life was going to change. He went to sit down and began to business as usual, beg. And three men were passing by. They did not have money, but they had something better. They had something better. The verse 6, Peter said, look at us. Look at us. Silver and gold, I don't have. But what I have, I'm going to give you. I was thinking about this. Could it be that... Peter has even given that guy money before. And that is why he, he wasn't healed earlier. It's possible. It's possible that every time Peter and John and James and John passed, they used to have money and they gave him. But that day, God made sure Peter did not have money. James did not have money. Because sometimes the anointing gets triggered by necessity and desperation. When you get pushed to the wall, when you don't know what to do, you make a demand on the anointing. So Peter stopped and said, ah, I don't have money. James, you have some money? No. John, what about you? I don't have any money. And Peter said, wait, can't we raise this guy up? And suddenly, they realized, ah, so we've been passing by this guy all this while when we could have given him a better solution. And this morning, I want to tell you, there are people in, you will meet in life, they have more to give you than money. More. More. All you do is run after people because of money. You are very, your life will be very miserable. There are people you will meet in life. That is why you don't just get close to people because of money. That is why you need to be careful why God brings people into your life. Because sometimes the people God will bring into your life. You know, I'm of the opinion, everybody has a destiny helper right now. All this prayer, God, give me a destiny helper. They are around you. They are there. But your definition of destiny helper is different from God's definition. Because, tell you the truth, if this man has seen the pockets of Peter, James, and John, there's no way he would have called them destiny helper. But this man's destiny helper was a man who had no money. And do you know what many of you do? You abuse people because they don't have money. You look down on people because they have no money. You betray people. Sometimes God brings you good people. Good people. People are good. They have a good heart. Good character. I'm even talking to the young ladies. Good guy who is broke. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, good character. Good character. Prayerful. God-fearing. Faithful. Never will he cheat on you. But he's broke. He's broke, but he's going somewhere. And this is for parents too. But there are some parents. Your daughter comes to you. So daddy, um, I wanted to introduce my friend to you. And uh, you know, we are very close and we really like each other. And I thought I should introduce him to you. Your first question is, where does he work? <laughs> question number two, where does he stay? 
So he's staying in Ashama uh, Zongo. But there's a guy staying in Ashama who has a great destiny. And there's another guy staying in Trasaco who is going nowhere. He's going nowhere. He's going nowhere. He's riding a car that he bought with a loan. And somebody is walking, but he has investments that you don't know about. Hello? Yeah. Peter said, look at us. Silver and gold I do not have. He said, but such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible said the man got up and said, hey, what's happening today? He took the first step, took the second step, took the first step. The Bible said his feet and ankle bones received strength. And the man, for the first time in his life, he moved away from the gate. He entered the temple and he began to jump around and leaping and praising God and singing praises to God. That man's life changed from that day. Never to go and sit down and beg again. Because now he can work by himself. He can earn income by himself. He can marry by himself. Who is going to marry, who is going to marry that guy at the gate begging? But now he can marry. He can have children. He can live a good life. Decent, responsible, dignified life. Money is good. Hello? But there is something more than money. I'm not saying hate money. No, 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 no. Money is good. But there's something more than it. And if you are a Christian, God wants you to understand money. So you can relate with it properly. Otherwise, what is going to happen if you don't know how to relate with money properly, is that needs, needs will drive you in a cycle, in a cycle. Get money, buy your needs. Money is finished. Get money, buy needs. How many of you have realized the needs of life, they never get finished? Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10, it says money doesn't satisfy because of needs, the needs of life, the needs of life. How many of you have a need here? Oh, yeah. If you don't have a need here, it means you are not sincere. You are not sincere. But I want to promise you, needs will never end. Needs, they will never end. If you think making a lot of money will make you to come to the place where you have no need, you are just deceived. And the purpose for the money chase is because we have been deceived to think that one day we will have Enough money and never need again. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver. No, he who loves abundance will ever be satisfied with increase. This is also vanity. Now, the guy who is talking is a multimillionaire, so you better believe it. Solomon, he's seen it all. Wealth, riches, influence, prominence. He has seen it all. And he, he said... Abundance will never satisfy you. A lot of it, a lot of dressing will not satisfy you. If we carry the whole shopping mall to your house, you will still run out going looking for something. So Jesus said something in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, and um, I'll get ready to close with this. Matthew 6, 24. He said, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, 
or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Jesus said, two people seek to be your master on this earth. I thought it was difficult to guess. Two people seek to control your life. Two people seek to be your master, to be your God, to be your ruler. I thought it was going to be God and the devil, isn't it? Jesus didn't say God and the devil. Jesus said two things will control your life. And the two cannot control you at the same time. Only one will control you at a time. Jesus said these two things is God and what? Mammon, which means money. So either money controls your life or God does. Either God is controlling your life or money is controlling your life. The devil is very smart. The devil knows everybody hates him. Who loves the devil? I've never to meet somebody who says, I love Satan. Even the idol worshiper, he hates Satan. But he worships idols. That's how smart Satan is. Satan decided that because people hate me and they will not want to allow me to rule them, I will hide behind something and control people's lives. Satan hides behind needs. Needs. Satan hides behind greed. And verse 25 gives us the answer. Verse 25. Jesus said, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. That is where the problem starts. How do I prevent money from being my God? Jesus said, it's right here. Therefore, what you will eat or what you will drink, what you will wear. He said, why? Life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Satan will hide behind needs. If he can succeed in making you unsatisfied every day with your need, I want more. Everybody say, I want more. I want more. Yeah, so those who have cars want more cars. Those who don't have any car, they want a car. Those who have one house want more houses. Those who don't have any house want a house. Those who have dresses want more dresses. Those who have everything want everything. I mean, so we are caught up in a cycle. Needs every day. Needs every day. And the needs will drive you after money. And money will drive you away from God. And then when you get all your money, you realize that your needs are more than the money. And so you run again after money. And we go on and on and on and on and on and on. And Solomon looked at it and said, it's vanity upon vanities. Because the, the annoying part is, after getting it all, the day you die, you're not even taking it with you. You're not taking it with you. You're not taking your houses with you. You're not taking your cars with you. You're not taking any cash with you. The one you hide so hard, you're not going to take it with you. We'll continue this next Sunday. Say, Father, help me. Say, Lord, help me to relate well with money. In the name of Jesus. Give me the abundance mentality. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Give me more than money. Help me to come to the place of true riches. That is more than money. In the name of Jesus. From today... I take responsibility for my destiny in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for everyone. God is healing somebody with a neck problem. I pray 
healing to somebody's neck. I rebuke every pain in the left part of your neck. I command it to go. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for open heavens over your people. I pray favor in this month of covenant. Let there be a supernatural intervention. I pray for miracles. I pray for breakthroughs. I pray, Father, yeah, I still see some people being healed right now. I pray for healing to every sick person in the name of Jesus. Every sickness. Somebody's right ear, there's that severe itch in your ear. You've, you've done everything, it's not going. Sometimes you hear like, as if they've poured some fluid in your ear and it itches a lot. God is healing you. Receive your healing right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, deliver somebody from every demonic bondage, every limitation. That confinement, I see somebody here, the Lord is breaking a confinement that limits your destiny. That confinement is being broken. I see you cross a line and break a barrier and move to a new level. I see favor coming upon somebody right now. Receive favor. This week, God is giving somebody favor. Some business people, you are about to, you are about to sign some contracts this week. Receive favor in the name of Jesus. Receive favor in the name of Jesus. There's somebody you are expecting a letter. I don't know where the letter is coming from, whether it's a promotion letter or an appointment letter. I see somebody you are expecting a letter. This week, that letter is coming. That good news is coming for you. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.